Yo, 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 we back, another episode of OG Talk the Podcast, yes, sir. it's your boy Parlay, hey, it's OG Pie, and if it ain't real, it's, it's fake. fake, okay then, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> now look, where we at right now, dog? I really feel it, you know what I'm saying, honor to be, you know, the voice, you know what I'm saying, yeah. for the streets, like, OG Talk, we the people's champ podcast. Yeah, more definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get real-life stories. You know what I'm saying? Ain't all, all, all that commercial stuff, yeah. all the regular stuff. Like, we give it to you, like, the way that you need to be given if you're from the streets and you're trying mm. to understand the way mm-hmm. that you need to understand. Realness with some respect on it. That's what Realness it with some respect. OGism, like yeah, you said. Yeah, OGism. So with the OGism. Yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? And um, legendary, legendary, like, I don't, I don't have a few homies, you know what I'm saying? Some respectable homies, you know what I'm saying, from the city hit me like, Palais, uh, what I got to do to be on uh, OG Talk? And respectfully, I had to tell them, like, no disrespect to you, dog, but, like, you ain't done enough to be on OG Talk yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? These for legends. These mm-hmm. for people who don't pioneer a, a sound in our culture or in Atlanta and, and, mo- and motivated people to do the same thing they did or help build this city to be what it be. Put a footprint in the sand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like pioneers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what Mike do. You know what I'm saying? Like what Bell did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even down to Trioville and Scrappy, even to mm-hmm. what they did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they pioneered some a whole movement. That's right. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, like, this shit is earned. On OG yeah. talk, this shit is earned, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You picked to be on this motherfucker. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you know, today I had to go, I had to go throw back Hawk jersey. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Legend. <laughs> this one of the first legends in the house. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a legend in the house. Because we got a legend in the house. Come on, man. Right now, man. You know what I'm saying? I want to introduce. You know what I'm saying? One of the the first groups that I know that everybody look up to to be preaching is like when we say before they tie. You you really being shown right now before your eyes with the music that they was fucking 20, 30 years before their fucking oh, time, dog. Hey, this man. shit like some biblical shit, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm fast, saying? Fast, My motherfucking dog, one of the greatest groups to ever fucking do it. A part of one of the greatest groups to ever and teams to ever fucking do it. Not just in the city of Atlanta, but in the whole fucking nation. Hey, man. You see what I'm saying? International, like, dog, too. Motherfucking big gift, man. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> hey, you, thank you, Thank you, OG. I love, I love my dog. Nah, listen. The shit that y'all did, dog, it's not being magnified enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Because people don't really know all these OGs behind the music. Mm-hmm. It's just always what you see on social media, what you seen on the videos back in the day, mm-hmm. what the story that you heard from whoever you was around. Mm-hmm. But depend, depending on the story, depending on who you hung around, right. who you know the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. you know how stories in the streets, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get magnified, they're going to sh- small it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the shit that y'all have did for the culture of Atlanta, the shit that y'all did for the world, that's never been done before. Yeah. Even to this day. You know what I'm saying? And these younger generations don't really know. Because they don't they don't give the respect where it's supposed to be due. You see what I'm saying? 
Like, it's designed like that, though. But no, nah, but I'm gonna say, but the reason I say it's not though, in New York they do it. All the ones who 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 created the wave for all of them, mm-hmm. they sue all their OGs and everybody yeah. who paid the wave music. True that. In LA they do the same thing. True that. In Florida with Luke and them, all of them they do the same thing. Yeah. But here in the city, it's like don't we, we don't do that. I ain't gonna say the city. You know what Man, I'm saying? Well, that good in my group. Well, yeah. The whole South. Yeah. Them four represent it. They, they, to period at, at, a, at a time I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what it is it's not the people it's not it's not the people it's the industry see it's like it's like off top we told them folk that we were gonna represent something and once they understood that we wasn't like outcasts they understood that they were dealing with grown men mm-hmm. so the subjects that we talked about the things that we wanted to represent during that time was something that they, they did not understand. They didn't understand our culture. They didn't understand what the, the Southwest talk, Cujo talk like. They didn't understand the way Gip did it. They didn't understand CeeLo singing and rapping. They didn't understand. Mm-hmm. It was so many flavors in that group at that time that they only knew how to just figure out, do y'all got to do y'all got to hook everybody saying cuz I don't understand nothing y'all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So so I think that during that time it was a real it was a real culture shock. I just, I think the outcasts hit the industry by storm. They were forced to have to give Goody Mob a shot because yeah. they didn't want Goody Mob to go nowhere else, you know exactly. what I mean? So when you took Cujo, Timo, and CeeLo and Gil and put us in the studio with Organized Noise. I think we created something that we never thought that we would create. You know what I mean? I think it was just going through that time, having the success of Outcast, going platinum fast, uh, being on world tours with Tony, 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 selling out stadiums. It was like, okay, what do we do that's different from Outcast? And it 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 came from a book. It started with that Behold a Pale Horse. And that was just, if you think about it, Kujo said the other day, he said, man, soul food wasn't all about soul food. Mm-mm. Soul food about some street shit too. It was about yeah, Dirty yeah. South. It was about goddamn Sesame Street. You know, like the other day, like this, the, this is the crazy thing about life. My daughter, she moved into a new house. She moved into a house with a dude, and it's in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. In this house that she moved into, I'm sitting there having dinner with her. I said, do you know, remember that song Sesame Street? She said, yeah, Dad. I said, remember that little kid I was telling you about, Johnny? She said, yeah, Dad. I said, you know, he hung himself in the back room in this house. She didn't know that. And that's what makes me so proud of soul food that most of those lyrics that we rapped about were true stories mm-hmm. it was nothing fake about that record it made it sound good it, it just I, that was organized noise job but i think the songs and the lyrics that we we mess with with that album they were our true lives like you know when you talk about guess who it's like i remember the first time getting locked up like let's deal with him y'all you know first of all get Get from get from E Point. So, first time I go to high school, I went to Woodland High School. What is so, it? This old this over there on on Headland the Low. This like on the other side, like going toward uh, uh, Camp Creek. That's what Woodland used to be. It used to be Woodland and Russell. That what t- Tri City turned into. Okay. Well, well, with this school Woodland, deal with the first school 
I remember showing up at this school and I instantly knew the difference between kids that came from good homes, kids that came from the projects. Kids that came from the project, they always wore velour sweatsuits, always had a pocket full of money. Then you always understood that it was the ones with the BMW and the, and the, and the BBSs. Then you had ABC. Then you had Zop that was on the west side. Atlanta was so different then because it was it was about fashion at the same time. It was about some street shit. Give us a, give us a time frame so we can put everything back back in like perspective. Eighty two, mm-hmm. okay. eighty two, eighty three. I went to Paul D West. So just imagine it's the first time I remember walking into walking. In, this this my first experience of high school. First day. I get on the bus. I walk to the back of the bus. The next stop, some older kids get on the bus. I remember a dude named Clifford Reed. He walked to the back of the bus. He said, he said, Shouter, what you doing at the back of the bus? I said, shit. This ain't motherfucking, you know, I can sit where I want to sit. This ain't no goddamn, you know, no, it ain't no, yeah, this ain't no size. Yeah, I can sit. I got beat up the first day of school, man. Nigga beat me all up under the seat, man. So I was like, damn. Damn. That's high school, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to laugh. I'm just picturing you up under the seat over here like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, damn, like that the first day of high school, right? So when I get to school, I was like, damn. They were like, yo, Charlotte, let me tell you something about them. Back then, like, it seemed like high school was still on some late 70s shit. Cause that whole first year, my first ninth, ninth grade, it was like terror for ninth graders. Yeah. It was like 11 or 12 grades would grab little niggas and pick them up, throw them head first in the garbage can. You know what I mean? Nigga come down, check your pocket, take your money. You know, it was on some old school mm-hmm. shit. So by then, so I was just like, damn. So the first semester, that was the first time I was like, we having exams. I'm like, what exams is? Well, you take tests all day, and then the, then the middle of the day, the lunchtime, y'all sit for a minute, then y'all go test all day in the same classroom. Man, get fucked around. And then they came outside, right? It was this little fool, little dude. That man used to wear a ninja suit to school every day, man. He swore. <laughs> <laughs> a real ninja suit. <laughs> this nigga used to wear a real ninja suit every day. See, one thing folks don't know about you, give a black belt. So, with, I'm outside. Little buddy came over there. He ain't know. All the East Point niggas knew, though. He came over there. Yo, girl, heard you do karate, my nigga. Y'all remember now doing them times. You remember the little karate shit you used to come on on Saturday yeah, morning yeah. and shit. You know, everybody was into that karate Bruce Lee shit by this, no, yeah, this time. We, we yeah. Yeah. And when the movie was with uh, Dynamite. See, all that yeah. was going on then. What's the so, movie that everybody uh, wants showing up? What's the, that? Bruce Leroy Leroy and the the Karate Kid. All this shit was out during the time. So, you know, this shit was a big thing, man. How about that man was in 12th grade? That man challenged me. You know, back then, you know, we came up back in them days, man. You remember the older kids used to get the young kids together, you know. That was like they thing. Get the young niggas in the circle, man. The young niggas got to fight each other. See who tough. So, they started up. We get 
Skip winding up, whooping this boy quick, fast. Bow, he was out of here, right? Next day. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Gil. Hey. Okay, I'm going to tell you. OG talk, right? <laughs> Shit like that. We got to get the story. Left kick, right kick, high hey, kick. Okay. And, we, and we hope you remember his name. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 my thing was a spinning back kick, man. That was oh, my yeah. thing. I was a spinning back kick pro. At the same time, see, I was in ninth grade with a 12 shoe. So, Shadow was kind of like, he didn't really know what he was playing with with them flippers, right? <laughs> so, it was like he started playing with them. So, he got them and jumped down in the goddamn Karate Kid stand. Like, he just going to whoop some bad, right? I was like, Shadow, I go to goddamn Karate School over there in Tri-City, Shadow, in the goddamn wreck with need to go to Russell High School, Project Kid. I really know how to do this shit. Man, I whooped that boy in five, six seconds. It was just... One, two, back kick, boom. He was off his feet. It was old with. One, two, five. It was old with. Next day, I know I'm in the office, my nigga. I got kicked out of Fulton County quick. Wasn't even got down Fulton County for goddamn a month. <laughs> so it was a month. <laughs> First day you hear the back is he. First day you lose. Then that day you come back and win. And that day, I ain't lying. I, I'm not lying to y'all. So this, this the other part. My daddy showed up down there. Nigga say, man, we're going to kick it. Gonna kick your son out of school. My dad said, What'd he do? He said, Shit, he ain't used karate on somebody. He said, Well, shit, that's what I got down sending the karate photo to know how to use. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when daddy find out that buddy was older than me, he was like, Shit, I don't give a damn nigga. Grab my hand like Jane Evans and walked up out there and said, You gonna throw him out of full county fuck it, then he gonna go to Atlanta Public School. Bam. Mm-hmm. Get and wind up in May High School. May High School. Now I'm off in this Atlantic Public School. I'm talking about Thera High School. Yeah. This this back when goddamn Harper High was open. I'm yeah. talking about ooh, Harper High. You got goddamn uh, Turner still open. Ooh, it's still it's, yeah. it's Project Central. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. Westside Project Central. So West Forza was still up too. Then yeah, West Forza was still up. My first day in and in uh, May High School. I meet Cujo Goody. Cujo Goody like, shit, folk. We ain't going to class. I'm like, shit, what you mean we ain't going to class? <laughs> hey, nigga, we're going to a cut party. Hey, you talking about? Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was like, what the hell a cut party is? He said, Shawty, we about to go to the Quickie Piggy. We about to goddamn get goddamn about five of them tall boys. And we about to hit over there goddamn by goddamn over there all watch the road. Uh, up in the project. I'm like, okay, ain't never did this before. This some Atlanta <laughs> shit. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, So, so I, man, imagine we get there. When I get there, we in the project. We walk in, whole house full of everybody. We got goddamn Doug High off in there, watch the high. We got all the high school, all the bad kids off of there. We drinking. And the man, mama walked downstairs. Everybody was like, oh shit. She said, shit, what y'all say, oh shit, for? Just give me a beer. I'm going to go on back upstairs to keep my goddamn door closed. Hold on, who mama with this? Who mama with this? Hi, Katie. Here's the mama. Hey, my dude with the shit. So she said, she said, that right. So then imagine everybody going out. We got them, got the Luke Skywalker on. Me so horny, we going out. And then it's like, skirt. Hey, folks, the police out there. Oh, shit. Man, this the first day Gil ever had O.E. <laughs> I ain't never had old English be in my life. life. 
but this what Cujo good at drink. Man, I drunk. You remember the old E? They used the to tell you, they say take the gold can and drink it all the way down, shawty. Don't leave a drop in there. Then you gonna be good. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> good. God <laughs> damn. So, God damn. So, so as I did that shit. And drunk it all the way down. The police coming in the door. And he started running up the stairs. Cujo like, come on, Gil, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We get to the bathroom. Nigga jumping out the second floor. Man, shout you know, I'm already drunk. That thing and fell on me. My eye quivering. That shit doing like this. Yo. I can't I can hardly even figure it out. I just said jumped out that mother. When I jumped out, I hurt my leg. I looked up, everybody was running off. I seen Cujo turn around. Cujo ran back. He put his arm around me. He said, I ain't going to leave, buddy. The police came around the corner and said, freeze. <laughs> 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 Next thing you know, Gibby was off in the goddamn uh, paddy wagon. I was on goddamn, uh, I was on Bankhead at that one. We was all at that one on Bankhead. Zone one, one, one precinct. Zone one precinct. We was all in there. Money, we got up in there. That was the first time I said, hey, man. Hold on, so this. That's crazy because it wasn't no zone, zone four precinct then. Zone four. Nah, we y'all. He said they we was got over, caught in they the don't dug over by Doug. You we said over right? by Doug. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, they was in the area. They put us down. So, so you gotta understand. Like when I came through high school, it was just a different feel. Atlanta was different. A lot of people were making a lot of money. I learned a lot of things, and one thing I tell people in Atlanta. You know, what make Atlanta different than I think Los Angeles and New York is that when people think you come from a certain area, you rough. In Atlanta, I know more niggas that came up out of the house just, just as rough as niggas came out of the project. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, and for me, I stayed on Headland. I originally come from 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 from, uh, from County Line on the other side of uh, 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 County Road. So I moved to East Point when I was little. So with that being said, I grew up with Rico, who stayed up on the low. Like Reek used to drive. Reek had his own car in sixth grade. God he, damn! Reek used to drive. Used to drive the Paul D. West. But it was a different type of money back then too. Yeah, cause all the D boys and all the real men that were doing that back then, they 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 picked you. Mm-hmm. If they picked you and put you in the place, you was very much taken care. of. They let you take care of their businesses. Like, Reek used to take care of LaMontre. Uh, he had, like, a half, a half store up on the low. So, Reek had money always. Reek was the first one I seen getting his own clothes made. You know, they was off in them dance groups and all that mm-hmm. shit in Atlanta. So, really, when you go back, the dance groups was the most popular dudes in Atlanta during Thanks. them time. Before singing or anything, it was right. about niggas who danced and had their hair yep. whipped up. Yep. You know what I mean? So, that was where I first started really learning the culture of Atlanta. The first time I ever went to a club was sharing showcase. Mm-hmm. Gresham. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I started really getting acquainted with the East Side. How old were you then? 16, like 15, 16 years old. I got my first car at 15, 16, so I was I was all over the city. What kind of car was it? She had a rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> had a photo that leather that baby blue. Way. You know what I mean? Cause I mean back then everybody who was getting money they had either that golf or they had that Chirac- or that Chiraco. Yeah. That Chiraco you were getting money because that thing was fast. But like for me personally, I was in and out of the game 
in different ways because I had cousins in the country. I had cousins that was in the city. And seeing so many phases of the street, seeing when when just our uncles had it, like I, I knew when I just my uncles had shit because they used to have so much shit. Like, you know, country D-boy different than city D-boy. Country D-boy might have one truck, and and stay a thousand places, but then I always got a pocket full of money with them overalls on. It's just another thing. Like they they never and they don't care nothing about no new shit. Mm-hmm. Nothing new. They don't want that. That's flash. They don't have ten million dollars <laughs> in grandma attic. It's, it's still like that in some places. It is. With, with a lot of these younger ages, you know, the younger guys starting to make the transition. Instagram. To f- yeah, Instagram. They can see it exactly. But I know people like that too. You only you they in the country. You don't even know they got no paper. You don't even know they got all the paper. Yeah. I'm telling you. Don't even care about none of that stuff. And I think that Atlanta started changing once LA got here. Mm-hmm. Once LA got here, that's when Atlanta started really thinking that we could do something different because I remember when Divine first hit the, the LA Reed, right? Yeah. Okay. Just supposed uh, to clarify for the people who okay. watching to understand. LA, LA, LA Reed, when they first started LaFace, because before then, it was like everybody was signing Itchy Bun. It was like, it was like Jermaine was signing Itchy Bun. He had JVA in the straight jackets. He had the girls. He he had a lot of acts over there, but then it didn't really click that he did the, the, the boys when he did uh, Crisscross. Chris yeah. That's when he did the first big deal at Columbia. So that's when the town started really seeing us have more as far as our records being bigger than just the town because Dallas was already making big pop records already really in L.A. really. You know what I mean? So like once Jermaine started coming up, that's once TLC got in, they started bringing Sleepy in. Sleepy brought Organized Noise in. That's when Kawan came in. Kawan, KP, which is Parental Advisory, they got signed to Pebbles first. Mm-hmm. We did their album. Uh, I was on their album. Outcast was on some remixes. Then that's when the, the next phase was when the Outcast started. So it was like, it was more than, people don't understand it. It didn't just start with Outcast. It started with Parental Parental advisory first, which then that was Pebbles label. Then we signed to LA's label. So it's like for us, we got to see both sides of it being that we couldn't even go in studios then, man. I remember when we used to go to Boss Town and we would just sit outside in the car listening to, to just instrumentals all day. We couldn't even go in the studio. I tell people all the time, the way people kick it in studios now, you couldn't go in the studio back then. Like, if you wasn't in them rooms, if you wasn't on the, on that guest list, you couldn't even get past that front desk. Right, that's you fast. You know what I mean? That shit, was like, that shit was like going in the bank. That shit was jail. Like, you couldn't get back there. It was special. So it's like, for me personally, to watch how the game, it's, it's very, very easy to get in the game. It's very easy to make money in the game. But at the same time, I just think that during those times, you actually got the artist development of it. You actually got the, like, when we, when we first time we went to L.A., we had to go and meet certain people. You had to go and meet Mike Conception. Or you couldn't go in Crip sections. You had to go to Grape Street. Yeah. You, had to, you had to go down into the South Central and see the South Siders with, with, with Kid Frost. You couldn't even move around in L.A. back Talk then. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That's I think that's the difference of the game is that it was so much respect just to be in the situation that you really, really took your opportunity as a chance to really change the world. 
Yeah. And I think, I don't know if people really look at it like that. I think people really make music right now because they can see all the money. You know, they have made it about the Forbes list. They have made it. See, right now, man, I tell anybody, right now, man, they can make Winnie the Pooh great. <laughs> they can make Winnie the Pooh great. It ain't about the artistry no more. It ain't about nothing. It's yeah. about, well, it, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and relationships is good, but I feel like this. We ain't making music with a purpose no more. We making music for the moment. That's why I, ordered, I was just telling dude, I said, man, you could drop a single today. By Friday, it's on, on to the next. It's on to the next. On to the next. So as far as me personally, as far as an artist, I think what made Gip, I think, special really is that I didn't come into this as a as a rap cat. I came into this like, when I moved into the second neighborhood growing up, it was a lady on the back street. This lady, he was all on the radio, all on TV. Miss Khan. Miss Khan. Once we did, once once I got around Miss Khan, it was like I started meeting, you know, New Edition. I started meeting Peebo Bryson. I started meeting Stevie Bryce. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Back in the day. Dude, y'all did to look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to meet those real stars. Like, because I used to go to Miss Carr's shows and her and Peebo Bryson's at the Sensations on the east side. It was like when the Sensations was a real big club and it was like out of that disco era and the clubs were fabulous back then. And you'd be like, damn, like it's just... It was almost like looking at Purple Rain when you looked at the old the old promoter, like how he used to look when he got their sweatsuit <laughs> and the big glasses. It was like, that's what it was. That's what Atlanta was. And I can even talk about how Camelton Road at one time was like glamorous. Like, I remember my mom and him used to go to Mr. V's Figure 8. Figure and like, 8. And, and, the, and the D boys, what they would do were the D men, the dope men back then. They used to be like this. Everybody come to the Mr. V figure eight, we're going to take care of your kids so you can come and party. So what they would do, they would put a circus out in the, in the parking lot on one side of the parking lot. They'll have a, a blow-up balloon to go up for the kids, and then they'll have ponies for the kids to ride until the parents came out, out, of, out of Mr. V's. Okay, let me ask you this. Was this, this was before MBK, right? Mm-hmm. This was before because yeah, this 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 time because I this remember when I in was, the same plaza that he talking about, it was a kid club called MBK mm-hmm. right on the corner, mm-hmm. right. And this is the this is the real kids club. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I'm not talking about a teenager club. I'm I know kids. I know exactly what you're talking about. Kids in there from nine, ten, yeah, less than six years, and niggas in there grinding, and hunching, and niggas coming by themselves. Yeah. Drinking Kool Aid. Stay down the street. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? When when, when Macy was right here in Green Rock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right? We used to go to that, we used to go to that club right there, a little mm-hmm. real kid club. So that shout out that area over there, SWAT. So I'm gonna tell you, to me. Learning from the old cats during them time, you really learn to respect, you know, who did what, how they did it. If you think about it, you used to see Jose in the street. And on the south side, you see Abdullah the Butcher in the street. Mm-hmm. You just used to see certain, certain people in the street that represented Atlanta and represented this southern culture. So it, it was like 
all I knew as a kid was Channel 17 and the Rattlers. You know, the great Kabuki, Channel, you know, Rattler number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so for me personally, like the Atlanta experience, I tell people all the time, bro, like, they like, yeah, man, where you get your style? I was like, bro, off that wrestling shoulder. That Jerry Lawler, man, that Rick Flair shot. I mean, the first time you get me seen Rick Flair in the airport, man, I down there fainted, man. I was like, Jesus, there you go. Man, that white boy. So it was it was just it was just the time and, and how we came up, you know, like man, coming up and doing them time, your partners catching murders. Man, girls getting killed. You know, I remember, I remember our first, first shootout. Man, like man, one of them, like man, being at Maze, man. You know, it was a time that it was it was going back and forth between Maze and Harper. So we were going back and forth. You know, they were going it up. So we get the we get the rumbling with these at the school. And they waiting for Gibby at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the hill. So Gibby pull out, they had shot Gibb car. Man, I'm looking at these the whole time. He had shot everyone out of the car. Did nobody get hit that day? But it was like that was the first time I realized that I could have been, I could have been, I could have been taken out of the world from being that I was being sucked in into the street. It was like it was like it was like a time period where guilt was just we were going in. People always know I kept guns, you know what I mean? I, I always had guns. So, you know, sometimes like when we used to get into it, it's like every weekend, it was different back then because the guns didn't really come out to nineteen nineties. To I to to I think to I class. The gun didn't really come out to, cause like before that, it, boy brought them gun, they did. But I'm talking about in the school, in the okay. school system, like Miami, that was straight, that was that strictly was street, street. Yeah. that was yeah. strictly street. Yeah. <laughs> but once we start doing the maze and Doug fighting every weekend at Piedmont Park, yeah. you know, like you know, once we start doing that shit, just fight, it was just fighting in that ninth and tenth grade. But once that eleventh grade came, and that twelfth grade came. That's when the guns start coming out and people start getting killed and shot. And I start realizing that you can be in the street, you can understand the street, but most of the time it be the it be the one that don't pay attention to their surroundings that wind up getting murdered. Talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, man, like you know, good kid. But once you try and jump in the trap, like one thing Gippy always knew, when I got in the trap, when I said, yo, I'm going to go with the trap, I said, I'm going to go with Cujo, because I know Cujo know the street. Mm-hmm. I go sit with my nigga in Dixie Hill on the back street, and then, you know, I know Tony Caldwell, you know all the niggas that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Big Freddy, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, with some, I'm with some real West Side niggas, so I'm like, I'm safe, but I'm understanding, too, that when you get around that environment, you got to check out customers. You got to see what you built for when you fuck with the street. Some people just feel like, if my homeboy doing it, I could do it, too. See, yeah. I was always the nigga like, shit, 
what that look like for I tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> smart, nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart, smart. You smart. know what I mean? Because so, yeah. you know what I mean? We in the trap. You know how you got the junk, you got them cleaning up the trap. Nigga trying to hide the trap out, trying to hide in the refrigerator and all that junk all in there. Still a nigga shit. So I'm like, man, I don't know. I want to fuck with no folk like that. You know what I mean? I'm here in the back door in the back. It come. You remember how them niggas used to go through there and throw the two by four at the bottom of the floor? Yeah. So that door just got down. Just enough so you can yeah, look, yeah. look at that motherfucker. So yeah. you know me, we, we we I'm doing that watching, I'm like, shit, you don't wanna sell no crack, for I don't wanna sell no crack. Then I'ma let you in backbone fuck with that shit. I ain't fuck with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'ma stick with the weed, man. Nigga wants some weed, man. I'ma got there. I'ma I'ma get what Po Bird don't get. Shit. <laughs> I know, so, okay. Now we talk about the weed. All right. We talk about the hustle and shit. Mm-hmm. All right. We gotta tell the story about your introduction to the West Side with that weed shit. What a nigga sold you to got that? What a nigga sold you some power man, songs? Man, let me tell you what these nigga did, man. Niggas out <laughs> Dixie Hill, man. Them nigga got me. Man. Nigga say, yep, man, we trying to get. I said, man, let me get a goddamn pound and a half. Nigga said, we got you, shoulder. What I want you to do is now, I want you to meet me in front of there. I'm going to be right there in the little curve part. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, shoulder, I'll be up there in the middle. So I'm over there in E Point. I'm telling my brother, okay, give me your money. Then I got my other little partner money. We we piecing up. I'm like, okay, shit, here we go. I ain't went up there. The nigga ain't hit me with the West Side Hustle, man. And then hit me with the West Side Hustle. Nigga said, as soon as I pulled up, I ran up to the door. I'm like, shit, here go the money. I said, shit. What he said? He said, shit, it's in the bag. Don't open it up. Shout out, we in front of school. Don't do that. Don't do that. Wait till oh, you get shit. back to the school. Wait till you get back to the goddamn house. Then look at that. So you know me. I'm this my first time really doing this, y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so goddamn, I was like, okay. So, see, I ain't jumped in the motherfucking car, and I'm thinking, I'm like, this one of my partner cuz, nigga ain't gonna hit me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know, this one I got I got introduced to that street shit, like, niggas, boy, you put yourself out there, y'all. So, okay, so they got he your partner, don't mean he my partner. So, listen, right? So, you get the pack, you pull out from the school, hey, you pull back up that. to the hood. Hey, my nigga. Nigga had me wrapped up with some goddamn pine straw and rabbit food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pine straw in the middle of rabbit food outside. Oh, oh man. Oh. Damn, he didn't even give him a little, a hey, little hey, read. Hey, just imagine my brother them. Just imagine your little brother looking at you like. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, your whole, your whole cool just looking at you like. like nigga, you fell for this shit. Like, man. come on. Who the nigga is? Man. <laughs> we gonna kill him. My nigga. Oh, man. That was the first time, folk. Nigga hit me for the rabbit food in the pine straw. I said, damn. I said, okay. After that, Pat, my brother said, hey, my nigga. Never again. I'm going to get my own bun, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that day, me and my brother was never in business again. In the street. It was strictly here and strictly by, right? So from there, I said, man, I don't know. I lost some money on that. Then my nigga from Decatur hit me. He said, Gil, boy, we just went and bought a Porsche and a Benz today, nigga. I said, what? What y'all doing? Boy, we doing that rapid refund on these hoes. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, nigga, what that is? He said, Gil, all I need is a goddamn social security number 
I'm going to give a nigga $400. Just give me your social security number. I'm going to give you a free $400. Now, at the time, I ain't know what that was. Y'all got to remember this, eighty nine ninety. Did before, it mm-hmm. was no cameras. Yeah. Nigga, you were doing your taxes in pencil. Yeah, <laughs> nigga, you didn't need an ID to cancel check back then. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm like, I'm like, well, she so just imagine I'm with some East Side nigga now. I'm with the goddamn Candler Road nigga now. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 shout out to Candler Road. Candler Road back with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with my Candler Road nigga, Columbia High School nigga. All this, this. so he's like, hey, Gil, I'm telling this shit is sweet, Shawty. We about to get. I'm talking about that one weekend, Shawty. We used to hit the AU. My name. We hit so many people on one weekend. We shut a bank down. We went up in that motherfucker that many times. We Damn. shut a bank down. And it, see, I could talk about all this shit now because you know the bubble and busted five, six times and yeah. that shit happened. So yeah. that shit been scrapped. So you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> ain't that to be done? Get over with. <laughs> so don't get no goddamn ideas, yeah, don't y'all. Get no ideas. And they went the third time for it anyway. So shit, you know, you one thing about anything, and I'm gonna tell y'all, Gip always been good at. I always been good at walking away, right. Before them people come, man. and that's been a skill that I think I was taught by the, my old man, and I was scared of him to the point where I got. If I got scared, I thought of that nigga, so yeah. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm out." No, if a lot of people did that, I think the streets would be a lot better right now. I know because sometimes it ain't for you. It ain't for you like, I remember one time we going at it, you know, once the gun started between Doug and May, nigga was getting caught at high tower, nigga was getting whooped on the bus, nigga was going at it for a minute, you know, on that Payton Park over there in the project. Yeah. So when that was all going on, it was real hard not to get caught up in no street shit. But what I learned is I didn't, let nobody ride with me with a gun. I say, shit, ride with them, and I'm going to follow y'all. But at the same time, I always tell people, never shoot or pull a gun if you're not going to use it. And I think that a lot of times, niggas get scared into using it. Because I'm going to tell you what happened to me one night. I remember it was a time I don't know if y'all have heard these two names, but it was a time when it was like, it was two niggas' names ringing on the west side. It was one nigga named Kevin Cameron and another nigga named Tony Caldwell. Mm-hmm. And everybody was waiting for these two niggas to fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That shit was like yeah. Mike Tyson yeah. and Holyfield. It was like the west side was waiting yeah. on this. Like, when these two niggas fight, boys, shit about to get tore up. So I remember these, they met up at the bottom of May. Fight started, rumble started. You know niggas ain't gonna let no one-on-one shit happen for everybody jump in. Boom, yeah. rumble start, boom. Everybody break out. Gibby and ran out. 
Nigga, pull that five. Five, 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 five. The west side nigga, man. The west side nigga. Fuck losing. This side, this way in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, that nigga big bust. Hey, hey, west side nigga there. Five, 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 five. Man, I run, I run. So, you know, if you know May, May was sitting up on the hill. Yeah. So, I had to run. All our car was parked up on the hill. We came down through the bushes. Oh, shit. My nigga. Them That's nigga, a good shot at. Them nigga caught me coming up the hill, man. A whole carload. There he go. There go one of them. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, man, them niggas start busting. Gibbing jumped off in the goddamn wood, right? Them niggas just pulled up. They just threw the light, and they just start busting the wood. Pop, 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 pop. Gip just jumped behind the goddamn tree, and I just sat there. Nigga, I called dad on the flip floor. I'm like, look. They got me goddamn hell down, Pop. I'm goddamn in the wood. Them niggas shoot, man. I need your help. <laughs> nigga, my pop came from East Point, my nigga. Pick you up in the wood, man. When I got in the car, I got in the car. I'm shaking the shit. Looking. He looked over at me like this. He said, What wrong? <laughs> He said, What wrong? Shit. Y'all niggas on some gangster shit out here, man. What you, shit, what you doing? Why you looking like that? You on some gangster shit? Where you pissed at? Dad, I ain't got no He said, son, one thing you better understand about when you get out here in these streets, you could play wrong or you could play right. But if you go to a fight without a gun, you can't expect nothing less than this. Yeah. You can't expect nothing less than this. Mm-hmm. Cause when you out here playing with this shit, then what gonna happen? You still gotta realize that every time you pull up to a fight, them niggas ain't gotta be pulling up to fight. That's the night he sit be down and say, "Hey man, gunplay is one thing, fighting is another. Mm-hmm. But if you ain't ready for that gunfight, I think you should always learn how to fold, learn how to walk out of it. And I think that a lot of my friends never really learn how to." de-escalate a situation. And I think it really helped us once we got into the music business because, man, the shit Goody Ma went through, niggas don't even understand. Like, we was in the, pr- in our time, it was straight gunplay. In our time, it was all us with front line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't no, it, after, after the East West shit started, it will be for everybody on the road. We got into it with niggas from Arkansas. We got into it with niggas in LA. We got into it with Crips and we got into it with 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 with, with GDs in, in Chicago. Like everywhere we had been, like it's been it's been folk. Like it's, mm-hmm. so we had to check a few folk that thought, hey man, you think you could talk like that? I mean, you know, you know, we different. We yeah. we we like the touching bus. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's easy for, for people to get with them all as a group, mixed and skewed. Oh, man. Because of what the music outcast made and what they did, and by y'all being connected to that, like everybody else say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I know the stories with y'all behind the music, so I look at y'all different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And with me being from Atlanta, especially when we having a podcast, I 
I want people to see y'all through the same eyes that I see y'all in. Because the respect level goes more than music. And if you can respect the person, it makes what they did even more greater because you understand all the trials and tribulations that they had to go through to make it to where they where they went to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I see that, and I see what y'all do. And, like, like I, I just want to make sure that, you know what I'm saying, personally that we give y'all give you your, your roses. You I'm having I'm, I'm having a good time, probably. Like, as far as music, like, I'm having a great time. Like right now, good in my book the next year. Mm-hmm. All over the world. You know what I mean? I can't, I, the people showing us our roses by now because I'm, I'm, I'm going, like like next week I'm going back to making. I ain't been to making since the first hour when Miss Dale was driving us to the radio station. Wow. Damn. I'm, going, I'm going to Columbus. Yeah. I'm going to Griffin. Like for me, I'm glad this happened because now it made us say, hey man, Instead of reaching and want people from out there to love you, fuck with people that got you there. Yeah. And for Goody Ma to be going back into the Chitlin circuit, I want to go back because I want to see the new people that's down there, the new folks, the new fans, and just to see how far we ain't grown since we since we ain't, we ain't been there. And and another thing is that Georgia ain't changed since we was since we was on the first albums and second album. I just want people to know we got new a new record out, Survivor Kid now. Mm-hmm. It's doing well, man. Like it's doing so so well and we own everything. We own every album we ever put out. Most people can't say that. Man, talk yeah. to them, man. Yeah. We, 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 we ever put out and we wrote even, it. Even from the from from um the Soul Food yeah. on down. Yeah. That's, that's hey deep. man, that's deep. That's 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 strong, that man. Yeah, man. So so yeah. so when you say why y'all not celebrated, that's why. We always walked in the rooms and told them folk, no. Nah. Every time they came with us for a publishing deal, no. Nah. Cause guilt was told by goddamn. Guilt was told, hey man, don't sell your publishing till you ready to retire. And that was Curtis Mayfield. And I always walked into them rooms, uh-uh. and them people be like, "He got two hundred fifty thousand. No, he go have me. And now I'm thinking like it's twenty five years later, and we own everything. We get the rights back. Remember that them contracts back then? They said you get the rights back for all your albums in thirty years. Shit, that's two three years for us. So for us, it's like. We wasn't supposed to live this long. Most artists don't live this long to get their albums back. But I look at it like this. As much as they can say, these folk great, these folk great. Bro, like, we didn't live the same life that a lot of these people live. But we did not give our life to the industry. Like That's the most gangster part about no. this shit, though. Yeah. That would make this shit so special. Yeah. And when I'm talking, I'm talking about for the streets. Yeah, I'm man. talking about the, for the street niggas, the niggas that y'all paid the way for, the niggas that y'all may want to be producers and artists and A&Rs and yeah. record execs and all the, the niggas that y'all inspire. Like, nigga, every, it, it should, y'all niggas need some statues here, dog. I'm like, talking about some, awesome, awesome shit like that. Like, just the, the culture alone, bro. Y'all was doing shit at a time that niggas was from Atlanta one doing shit. All right? Then mm-hmm. y'all was talking about real life shit, battling what was going on in society for real. Like you say, standing on the front line, talking this shit. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that y'all were selling y'all records, y'all were owning this shit. Y'all like, nigga, this shit is, that shit big, dog. But ain't no reason, little shit. But the reason they don't want to talk about it because they don't own us, King. They don't own us. See, I feel like Goody Mob 
the outcast, the reason why our city has kept the respect and kept our weight because couldn't nobody outside of Atlanta say they own us. And think about everybody else in all the other cities. If you ain't sold your shit to the other folk, man, you ain't got no weight as soon as you take that shit. Yeah. I don't want your money. I want my weight. I'd rather die with my balls in my pocket than, than, than dying with them in yours. Talk to him. I got kids, bro. So when you sit back and you see all these folks living all these lavish lifestyles, and you know that they the only one, but then it's 50 people that stood behind them, ain't got half of what they got. Man, that cool. You know what I mean? But I rather, I say this I can look at Goody Mob, I can look at Outcast, I can look at Organized North, I can say my producers never owned us, my producers never took our publishing. My producers said, y'all own y'all name. So don't tell me that it can't be done. Real nigga, yeah. shit, man. Don't tell me it can't be done. No, what you did is use the same excuse the industry used to rob. You used the word business. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. And, my, and, and my folks said, uh-uh, I'm not going to rob you because they say it's right. I'm going to let you have it. Why I'm going to take something and want credit for something that's not mine? But ain't too many more real hey, your niggas. Your motherfuckers like ain't that, like that. Nah. That's right. Yeah. That's why you got to surround yourself around real niggas, dog. Exactly. It's, it's important, dog. For all, and by him saying that, like, for all you artists, you know what I'm saying? When you come in the, when you come in the game, dog, of course, if you want somebody with a bigger statue to hit to help you out, mm-hmm. of course it's gonna be a price. Mm-hmm. Of course it's gonna be something to give up. That's right. And then a lot of times it might be a little more than you want to give up. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you give up. It's all about how you structure what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, or right here, you want this? Okay, I give you this until I can get here. And when I get here, then I give you this. When I get here, you got to structure your deal. You can't let nobody come at you with a deal and say, this the deal. You just say, okay, for the money. That's what it is. I learned that a long time ago. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to structure your own deal and say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And when I figure out you can do that shit with the lawyers and shit, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, you can't tell me shit else. Like, when you in, in control and you have the talent, mm-hmm. you control what you want to do. That's so right. all my young artists, man, if you out here and you want to do something, Understand your paperwork, understand what you're doing, and be comfortable with it. You might be comfortable with the first year, we'll do a 360 deal. You see what I'm saying? Because you might believe in the people that's, that want to invest into you. That's right. And you might say, okay, after this first year 360 deal, we're going to sit down, we're going to restructure or something, something else. That's right. Just be comfortable with what you negotiate, dog. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure that people that you're fucking with is some real people. Because if they're trying to help you, if they're trying to help you, it's going to be some kind of genuine, genuine what's, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Gen- they're gonna be generous, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And they're gonna generosity, they, yeah, generosity, and they're gonna give something back to you mm-hmm. without saying "gimme, gimme, 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 gimme." Right. But you gotta you know come in that? there with something too. A lot, of, a lot of people be coming in with nothing. Yeah, yeah. You got, you gotta come in with something now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't bargain with nothing. Nah. But you gotta, you gotta know talent too. Yeah. Because I mean, you gotta really look when you look at when you look at this, the 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 talent. Uh, let's just let's say just the last talent pool. You looking at two chain, you looking at future, you looking at uh, thug. When you just look at just that that Lacour era, you know what I mean? Just out that Lacour, mm-hmm. that other. You looking at you never thought thug. The first time I saw thug and and crucial, and he was doing stoner. 
he was totally different than when I seen him on. The, oh, totally different. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally you know what mean? So, yeah. so totally when I look at just artists like that, and then I'm like, damn, I ain't see that, but baby did. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the difference between having real talent and then really meeting up with a real CEO that got a real mind for it. You know what I mean? That's the difference. I just think that there's so many people out here that's trying to, like, I just saw the little kid that got the little record that he redid the Ludacris record over. Like, he did, he just did a show here. Eight people showed up because we got so many people trying to play promoter, trying to play regular exec, trying to play. Beat King. It's just so, yeah, it's just so many. In them days, you knew. It was only one or two people could do what they could say they could do. Now it's just so many folks and it's so many frauds. And it's just like, damn, you don't know what's gonna be big or not. Because for real, to me, the new wave or this new little kid thing, to me, it was started by Lil McConey. Going up on a Tuesday. Then shit got fun again a little bit after Mm -hmm. him. So so when I look at different things, I'm like, yo, man, talent. It's something that only a person that got that kind of heart and mind to know what to do with it can really take something and, and turn it into something like thug. But most of these kids, they gonna make a little money and they gonna be gone in a few months because making music and putting it on the internet and turning it into a business and taking it on the road, it's just two different things. Two, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So listen, get, take us back to your first show on Stuart Avenue. First you show. Up for Sammy Sam. First show, Stewart <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> what club you was at? No, yeah, I wasn't in that far. It, it wasn't even no club, folks. <laughs> God damn. Wasn't even no club. <laughs> Big don't remember this, man. It is probably where we performed at. It's probably one of those buildings, probably where the Wendy sit right now. Mm. There used to be a vacant lot. Yeah. We performed right there on that corner. I remember um, I was in a group with my OG, uh, Raymond Murray, who was in Organized Noise. I went to the uh, to the flea market, Greenbrier Flea Market, and we got some of them uh, them Black Power shirts with the puffy words. And now I was like, okay. <laughs> what, year, what year they were? Boy, they were 89. <laughs> <laughs> they were the good years. <laughs> <laughs> they were 89. We went and we got on stage. And I remember showing up. And I remember... Um, to us, man, people don't realize, to us, man, Big Oomp always was that guy. He was our masterpiece. You know what I mean? He yes, always I was our guy that we knew came from the street, understood what the street was. But then when you met Sammy Sam, he was the epitome of the A-Town <laughs> hardhead. Yeah, he was. That dude was yeah, the epitome. I'm talking about he turning down no fades and no collars. <laughs> all go. <laughs> Free that boy, Sam. <laughs> but that was the first time we opened up for them. Of course, I can't even remember the song I w- we did because at that time my name was Chaos. So I was very much not even really rapping, uh, writing my own raps back then. Yoda was writing my raps. So that first day was very, I was very you scared. Yoda. 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 That's Ray Murray. Yeah. Call him Yoda. I can't say that day was, I was, uh, I had high anxiety. I really, really was not good at, uh, uh, being on stage at that time because that was my first time. Wasn't really good with crowd participation. Didn't know about that. 
And then after we got off stage, we really didn't do, we did okay, but we didn't, yeah, we did okay. And we got out the way though, you know what I mean, yeah. for the boo came. <laughs> but yo, the first day to see Sammy Sam do Sammy Sam the hit, man, that's when I knew I really wanted to rap. After watching him, to, to me, he was the Southern LL Cool J with some gangster shit. And when he did Sammy Sam the hit, man, that's the first time I heard the DJ Jelly. Monte, all them, mm. and I was like, "Wow, we can really." That to me, the Unk Camp to me is the first situation that show Atlanta we can do it with just Atlanta yeah. music. So yeah. that's what I love. Like Big Unk was the first time that we said, "Oh, if they can do it, we can do, we it, can too. do it too." Yeah. And Big Unk was the first example. That's some big shit. I like. Like this is like that's what I'm saying. Like listen, like this is legendary shit, dog. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I'm glad to have you on here because it's so much shit that you've done and so many small stories. It's only probably a fraction of the shit that you've been through. But I think sharing these experiences with these kids let you let people know how legendary these times was mm -hmm. and and the shit that you was a part of. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like tell them about the time when you shot your own your own video to Big Pimpin'. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my own video. Mm. Which one was that? The the big pimping video. Uh uh you see uh when you shot your um did your own verse. We did your own verse. Oh, that was when Pimp did his own verse. Yeah, yeah. Pimp, yeah. When Pimp did his own verse. Oh man. Oh, it was it was a trip because that weekend was a crazy weekend. Because Green Street had something. They had something at a club over here on the west side, and I remember the Young Bloods were performing. I'm with Pimp the whole weekend, and went, Pimp kind of like he on one. He called me like, "Yep, man, I hear man the Young Bloods on the on the radio, and they rapping like me." And I was like, "What are you talking about? That's that's how <laughs> shouted rap like shouted rap like that, Pimp." He rap, no, yep, no, hell no, don't nobody rap like the Pimp. This nigga got in his car and went to the play, trying to get them get into it with Sean Paul. Of course, pretty keen, everybody showed up. You know, they like, Lord, we're going to have to beat up one of our legends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not going to go down. But at the end of the day, it was like, at the same time, I remember Bun calling and like, yo, this man got to be somewhere. And I remember Pim like, I said, bro, you supposed to go, you supposed to go overseas and do the big pimp shit. He said, "Gip, yeah, I ain't going overseas to do the pimp shit. I ain't going Trinidad. What I'ma do is I'ma go to Miami and I'ma do my part on the beach." It's and that crazy. And he went down there, parked his beans on the beach, got the white girl out there, and did his whole verse on the beach in Miami. Never went to Trinidad, and that's how he recorded. What a Jay Z song. Yeah. For the Jay Z. For the that Jay -Z motherfucker Pill Z. Shot long little Pill Z, man. I'ma tell you, that, that dude there, man. <laughs> that dude there, man. He was so special. I'ma tell you people that were special to get in their life. Pimp C was special. Soldier Slim was special. True from, from Detroit. He was special. You know what I mean? Um Biggie was special. Pac was special. 
God, hold on. Just I said, he, all he, he talking legends. Listen to the name that he yeah. said that he experienced rough elbows with, dog. Like, do you? I've been listening names, from the from dog? the time he told me who stayed behind him <laughs> all the way up to now. Everybody legendary. Yeah, Everybody bro. legendary, man. Um, Breed, MC Breed, he was special. Uh. It's legendary, though. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's oh, a life full of Tell us about... Okay, so did I heard, too, that you talked to Pop 20 minutes before he died, and you talked to Biggie. I talked I talked to Biggie. We talked to Piggy, Biggie right before he got killed. We were the last people to talk to Biggie. Wow. We walked, we, when we walked out of the place, Biggie... C stopped us and asked us who did the beat for Black Ice. And we was like, DJ, DJ, Reed Cousin did that beat. And and C's was saying, man, we love that beat. And it was like, get where y'all going? I said, we going to the Outcast Platinum Party because, of course, we all on air today, bad boy, yeah. Wheeler Face. They were like, we going to go to the to the, to the the uh, Outcast Party on Sunset. We just wait for Puff to come out. So they was like, so when we started to walk off, they were like, Hey man, who y'all with? And we were like, shit, us? <laughs> Some loud shit. They were like, for real? I was like, shit, we drove ourselves over here, man. Ain't no bodyguard or nothing. We by ourselves. We don't give a shit about that shit. You know what I mean? So he's like, that's what I'm telling you. That's how that attitude. Everywhere. We were like, we don't give a shit. So we went, got in the car. So we got to the party. I remember us seeing Shanti Dawson then got damn funk at the flip start the moves and we're like, yo, man, Biggie just got shot. Right, like, man. We just seen dude. So we get back to the hotel. Buster Rhymes, everybody there. Timo jump in the car, Buster Rhymes go to the to the hospital. And he just called me back and was like, Gib, he dead. And I was like, damn, bro. That's sick, man. And then it was like, with Pop. It was like, before that, we hit LA. We on tour with uh, Fishbone and De La Soul. So Pac, Pac called us, was like, yo, man, y'all come to the studio. So, you know, you can go on the internet and see, we walked in the studio, Pac in there doing Thug Life or something. And I was, it, it, he was just so special because Pac would be sitting there smoking a cigarette, drinking Henny, and, and doing his verse at the same time. It was just some, some real dope <laughs> shit, how he used to do the shit. And he would do his shit, come out, and Pop was always real hype. So just imagine we kick it with Pac that night, but there's so much going on. It's just a lot of drama going on. So we kind of get out of there. The next night, I go back by myself. And uh, I think just me, Bernard, and one of the other members, and he's sitting at the thing with Lisa Lopez. And Lisa's like, man, what up, Gip? People don't know that, like, Pac and Lisa were real close. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I walk in there, and he's like, you want to hear something? I'm like, yeah. He's like, nigga, hit the button. And it was hit him up. Yeah. Wow, Ooh. so you got the exclusive. So, so you got the exclusive. One of the first ones to hear that shit. Hit him up. Hit him wow. up. For the world heard him. Yeah. And he asked us our opinion. And I remember I was just standing there like, God damn. Yeah. 
ain't never heard no shit like this. Like this shit. <laughs> this shit hell. You this know. motherfucker I, deep. I fucked your wife, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck your click. Like, oh, this shit is goddamn, bro. It was heavy. What did that nigga say? Fuck your bitch. I fuck your bitch. Fuck the click and that shit can claim. It was a time of war. No. The real war was going on in the street, man. People were getting killed like a mug, man. Like people was getting killed back and forth during them times. Well, parking and the New York people in New York were going in it. People were getting killed. The thing with Gibby is that most of these events I was there. The night Suge homeboy got killed, allegedly by Wolf, Gibb was there. Seen them when they pulled up. Was with Joy at the time, cause and my girl at the time, she was so off the chain back then. She ain't, she in there cussing out of everybody. I mean, she kicked Puffy and she did all kind of shit that night. She did all kind of shit. <laughs> so, but I remember when everybody was like, "Yo, sure just pulled up." We at the Jaguar. Sure just pulled up. Everybody was like, "Oh shit!" I remember the folk going to the door looking. They came back in like, <clears throat> "What we gonna do?" All the bloods were getting out. Boom. When everybody came back in, somebody went out the back door, jumped that back fence. When they started walking toward that fence, man, it went off. And you fell in the street. You know what I mean? Wham. It got serious after that night. So, so then just imagine this. Being in Magic City. I'm sitting in Magic City one night. Wolf came in. He with this other dude from Brooklyn. I knew he was from Brooklyn, the way he dressed. I'm like, oh, okay, he from New York. He from Brooklyn. Hey, man, what's up, Gil? What's up? What's up? I could tell he was looking for somebody. He looking. What's up? What's up? Bro? Nah, man, we going to get down. We going to be in and out. Hmm. You know, he looked at my nigga like, hmm. You know, they just came off the boat from out of, out of town, you know. He looking for a little brawl. Little broad over there and got damn chaos with the BML mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he kind of like, we out of here. Next thing I know, I'm like, shit, we gonna go. You know, everybody go through magic, then go to chaos late. You know what I mean? So by the time we pull up, boy, it's a murder scene. It's a goddamn, goddamn, it's a booty hole and bullet hole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that. That used to be the, what, that, that club, the old autos, yeah, right? Boy, it was yeah, yeah. So. You know, just a man, we walked in that back pocket like nigga was sitting on them nigga car. So we see we watch we watch it from the side of the damn nigga sitting on them nigga car. Nigga came outside, man, them nigga was like, shit. They thought they had to drop on the nigga. Them niggas had the pistols in the club. Yeah, but them motherfuckers had them sticks in the club. Yeah, so so you know, when they thought they were about to pop and talk that gangster shit, them niggas was sitting there like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you talking about the brow, huh? You talking about the brow? You tripping over the brow? For real, honey, you tripping over the brow. So when the niggas pulled the pills, man, them niggas ate them niggas like, man, chips, man. Them niggas ate up chips. Nigga went, buddy, them, soon as it started, buddy, them turned around and started running, man. 
And them niggas got ate up like it was it was a sunsplash, man. Yeah, I remember that. It was that nothing, shit. you know what I mean? So just seeing that kind of shit during that time and then making it out of the, the gentleman club era. Like, we tore that club up, like, plenty of times. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I tell them, they me the other day, say, give me their place, serving on the radio. I said, man, damn, that shit's so crazy. Because my whole verse was about Mike Child calling me, talking about, yeah, man, y'all Dungeon Family niggas then tore up Gentleman Club. Because it was like, you know, so out of town, talking crazy. We had to got them, you know, yeah. baptized there, you know what I mean? Well, they were talking about <laughs> the, the OG talking about <laughs> We got to hear the story now. We got to hear the story now. <laughs> it was just like, hey, man, first of all, man, you know, we had to get the other side of the dungeon in there, man. It was them. E punt in the cool breezes yeah. and all that in there, man. So, you know, it wasn't too much. It was one, two pop, and it was like, need to start picking up, goddamn. You remember the little goddamn gambling game they used to have up there on the, on the counter for a minute? Yeah, oh, yeah. I know exactly what somebody Yeah, the, the one you push the button and the shit shoot out. Yeah. They got taken out because of, man. Yeah. Them were weapons. Oh them yeah, were, them were weapons. Them niggas got beat all out the club with them things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, they got that gentleman club. I'm gonna tell you when the gentleman club got tough. When they when they open up that other side that of stairs. Yeah. Well, when so, they open that motherfucker, and, like, they, and that kitchen, that kitchen. Well, man, then they put a downstairs in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Gentleman club with a club. That That's was the club. It ain't no. I I, I don't been to a what, lot of clubs. Nicky's, no, Nicky's with the shit too. Nicky's with the shit. In the Mike Child Club. And, and, and I gotta say, Tino had that goddamn Rolex for a little bit. Tino tried to get yeah, it rolling on. Yeah, Tino yeah, used to try to get it Tino rolling. Tino used to have that long pinky. Uh, he had that, yeah, yeah. All the fingers on the shorts. Shout out to yeah. Tino, man. Shout out to yeah. Tino. That's the, that's the East Side King pinky, man. Yeah, nobody's up, man. Chit Chats. Who wouldn't beat Chit Chats, man? Nah, that's the longest running club, club, man. Man, I'll give it up just this thinking. This could have been all the listen. Listen, listen. Every side of town. Listen, you know how. <laughs> bro, sh- listen, street niggas don't experience these shits, bro. <laughs> listen. Let alone artists. In order to go all the places, I'm listening to him. He he got to be respected. You can't go to all these different places and still be alive if you're not respected. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. And I know something a little bit about all them places, too. Man, I ever let one on. Oh, so I'm going to tell you this right here. We got to give another line of story, right? Tell us, goddamn, about your, the, the Field Wars shootout. Mm. <laughs> mm. I can tell you there. So I know some street shit, dog. Yeah. Damn. Let me tell you this. The real guilt. Yeah. All right, look. Get what you're thinking. Oh, that's the third out. Ain't nobody wait for that one later. <laughs> Cause, cause, see that story really started. You know that story started, cause we was into it with Naughty by Nature before we knew him. Damn. And it was like I was in the group E Point Chain Gang then, so it was Cool Breed, Cat One, which Cat One that Southside Daddy. Mm-hmm. It was my dude named Oz, myself and and Big Chief. We had a concert first at Mars Brown. I mean, we opened up for Naughty by Nature and Cypress Hill. Mm. We wasn't really, this is, and and this is Freaknik. This is Freaknik. We had the club on Memorial Drive. What's the one at the end about before you get to the pen? 
God. Not the atrium. No. Nah. Before you get to the um, no, you know, you get on the east side to the jail. Yeah, cause if, yeah, was it, was it was it by Avondale? Yeah, like you know, you get off of that then, like instead of going to Little Five Point, you go the other way. It used to be a club down that way, right? We got to the club first time that we kind of co-mingled with uh, people that wasn't from here, and we got into it. We got it to it. Don't need. They threw a. They threw a rock and knocked my and, and cracked my front windshield. And then it was just like, shoot, that sideway E point shit came out. Then it was just like, <laughs> man, nigga ain't got there hit the car. You could hit me for you hit my car. <laughs> my, <you know>? <laughs> God <laughs> damn. And when he hit the car, so I was like, mm, like. Mm. Gip always ain't never really met with them pistols, man. Them pistols. See, I used to like rifles. That nigga like rifles. Why you laughing like that? See, see, see. I used to like rifles. So, you know, my man, I used to have a semi-automatic 22, man, with that clip on it, man. So, you know, that was the first time I let him goddamn get some, man. That was the first time I let him get some, and at the same time. It was the first time that I really scared myself. Where I was like, "Well, shit, folk, <laughs> you gon' you gonna fuck around and get the fuck around." Cause, <laughs> Cause what happened was we left there, got into it with some niggas, went home, changed clothes. This when Atlanta used to be going all the time, so yeah. it's shit all the time. I mean, we went to a we went to a basketball game. On the south side at Banneker. All the maid niggas were there. And that was the first time with Gip. I'm I'm from Fulton County, so I knew the South Side nigga. You know, I knew everybody down old national. So I'm cool with Sir, but a lot of niggas was not cool with Atlanta niggas then. I don't know what it was with South Side and Atlanta niggas back then. They did not get along, man. Mm. Especially not on Old National. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that now, <laughs> So it was like, man, just imagine, you know, the basketball time. It basketball is it's halftime. Man, we used to go to the concession stand. All the banneker niggas were lined up. They said, man, y'all niggas can't use our concession stand. Damn. And we were like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't get a spray. <laughs> no. Man, them niggas picked up the garbage can, Jay went to tossing it all to made nigga. Boom, boom, boom. We said, okay, cool. Meet us up on old net at the crystal shop. We all jump in the rabbit. <laughs> Flying down old natural. We are, you know, it was, it was number bugs and v, VWs in the parking lot. But nobody, man, them nigga pull up. Boom, them nigga jumped out. That's the first time I seen Crippy. That's the first time I seen somebody hollering Crip. I'm like, what is that? What is that, man? What they talking about? Crip, cuz, and wham, bam, niggas done pulled out the gun and started shooting. We wasn't even equipped for that. Damn, hello, you had already been told. Hey, folk. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot that goddamn fan. Hey, hey, that's when I learned. I said, wait a minute, because mm -hmm. after that night, that's when made me. We really, really started going at the full encounter, because that's when the Fanoke niggas showed up. Then the King niggas showed up. It was just these different section the game starts showing up at this time so that's when i start realizing that okay i heard an abc mm -hmm. 
then down by law. What people don't even understand, the night that that shit happened with down by law, the fir- I remember the first time that it was a thing that hit the news. All the kids in Atlanta back then used to get dropped off at Halloween night at Six Flags. So I remember like, that was the first night, you know, we used to go to that club called Graffiti's. So we used to go to the club to goddamn, you know, either catch up with some nigga we go on there or fuck with some bros. But I remember that night particularly, all the niggas that was supposed to be gangster kind of were like, shit, folk, them down by a lot of niggas out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, different ball game. Yeah, yeah. So, so these were like, what? This nigga named Peanut, man. These niggas, they down by a lot of niggas. So that was the first time I heard down by a lot of niggas. So, I, I didn't really know what it represented nothing until, hey man, them niggas came through one side of the park. All of them had trench coats and saw them oh, shotgun. In the park, y'all, we was terrified. Like, them niggas was terrified. They were so terrified that niggas went and hid in the park and missed the bus and had to walk back to East Point. <laughs> Damn. True story. Nigga, nigga was walking right on goddamn 20 trying to get the goddamn 285. And, and the sad part about the motherfuckers, <laughs> they were going to use them. Hey, bro. They, they were so scared. They, they were scared. Because back then, remember there wasn't no cameras in the park. Mm-mm. It was number them little folk that, that they shit. thought worked there. They wasn't about to do nothing. They were going to disappear on the sure fight. Will. They were going to disappear. <laughs> you got that? Damn sure going to disappear them side all go off. So, so I, I can't say this about Atlanta. And I tell anybody about Atlanta, man. Atlanta is a beautiful city. Atlanta has always been a real gangster city on the low. But at the same time, Atlanta had rules and regulations and niggas respect that the hierarchy. Yes, sir. Niggas I, respect the hierarchy. Like, we knew that even though King and all his partners wore suits, they were still G's and gangsters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody knew about Elgin Bell. I mean, mm-hmm. he is folklore. There's probably so many people down the road mm-hmm. could tell you about OG. Like, he, he went down in history as far as being a policeman that rolled both sides of the street. Like, and, you know, I could tell, even when it's coming to Atlanta now, they like, give you like, What's going on? Why is everybody going at it so much? I said, man, really what's going on? A lot of this shit got to do with the crap game. That's what I'm hearing. A lot of this shit is the crap game. Nigga don't want to lose. Nigga $2,500,000 down. (laughs) You know what I mean? So so I'm understanding that the the little games that when we were kids, you know, the crap game, doing them early 80s, 70s, you know, you ain't even play with that unless you was on some grown man oh, yeah. shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, when they used to have the ones, the crap games at the bottom of uh, Blue Flame in the, in the 80s, and you had to really be Chill having Fox. some money. And, yeah, Silver, you had to really have some balls. Some but the stati- niggas had the money to lose. I remember going to Q-Ball, fucking with Lowe. Yeah, yeah, going yeah, over there, fucking with Lowe. And we, we paying for 25000 30000 on the Madden. 
You know what I'm saying? So, but it's playing with likewise folk. Well, there you go. It's playing with likewise folk. Like yeah. we we in the same street eating. I'm gonna lose it this week. Might get it back in two. Exactly. It's okay. I ain't gotta kill you about it. But now I think that the way these kids doing it, they finessing each other in so many ways. Either doing they, the they no backbone in what they doing, man. They don't got no morals. They ain't standing on that. The morals that they stand on is imaginary and the life the style that they living. You say you stand on morals. You say you're a gangster. You say you're real, but you turn around and. You do whole shit. You, you slime your, you, you you know your own partner. These new niggas living in the fictitious world that they create for themselves, that they think that they're supposed to be living. It's an image. They're not living the lifestyle. They're living the image. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I say, man. Because I'm going to tell you, it was, it was a thing even back then. Like, man, my second album, I lost both my grannies. My brother got picked up for murder. You know what I mean? The young niggas in the hood will come to find out, shit, they been doing it. You know what I mean? So what I what I come to figure out is that being in the music, music industry is no manual to this shit. I could have easily tricked myself off the street plenty of times. But, and I could have, I think that I could have amassed more wealth plenty in, in many ways. But I think, as soon as I got into music, what tripped me out about the music game right now is that it's so many grown people that's so influenced by other people, other people's life. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost like high school. It's like, see, a nigga like me, I always been in the end circle. So just to be having records and being in the record game to be in the end circle, I'm like, nigga, I was in the end circle the whole time. Okay, all right. Well, I don't really pray people because they sold drugs. Shit, everybody I knew around me, everybody had their own bum. I don't kiss a nigga dick because yeah, he do that. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I, you know, a lot of things that a lot of people hold up and think so gangster and, and they pray. I be the bum on that shit because I be like, money, I don't know. That's fan shit. Like, mm-hmm. if you really been out here and, and, and came and watched this shit from the ground up like myself, then shit. I don't look at no man as being bigger or no man. What I say is, no, they had more advantages. Mm. They had chances to go in the rooms and learn about shit before we had a chance to learn That's about it. it. So it. it don't make them no smarter, don't make them no bigger. And, and hey, most of the people y'all praise, I never bought one of their albums. <laughs> now, now, see, niggas will call me crazy. Hey, man, my nigga, I ain't never been a fan of this shit. I been in this shit. So yeah. that's just like a nigga who play, the, the nigga that play, okay, Jordan was great, but I I like Clyde Dressler. Mm. <laughs> I was rooting for Dominique. I ain't even lying to you. Even when it came to Dominique, you know what I mean? So there it is again. Who to say that Jordan the, the, the same way that it took off for Jordan, if it fell on Dominique, it could have took out for him the same way if they gave it to him. Thanks. So so when I look at different shit, I be like, no, nah, it ain't a bit that nobody greater than nobody. It ain't nobody. He the greatest rapper in the world. It ain't no, none of that bullshit. It's what motherfuckers go out here and pay people to say in papers and and on and on these blogs. Okay, if you got the biggest if you got the biggest budget for for disposable cash for 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 uh, uh for for what that a popularity campaign you gonna be bigger than everybody Facts. if i yeah. if if folks somebody give me five million right now in the industry tomorrow i'll wake up and be as big as any other rapper because i can go out here and pay all the young nigga to rap with me mm-hmm. man, man yeah. come on man that, you can that, 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 to tell 
okay, if that's great, then anybody can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's the reason why I think that they go, the industry always going to look at us like this. Think about it. Anything in the industry that tried to teach our people something ain't never looked at as what – it ain't popular. It ain't yeah, never yeah. gonna be popular. You can't push that so, agenda. That agenda. So that's cool. That's cool with me because I can look at, I can look at Public Enemy and say that's my hero. Long as guys, we got, we got, a, we got our own tone and not what we own and what we like mm. and whatever outside that. Don't care. It don't matter how mm. much y'all influenced by this, how much y'all like that's this. That's all. And it's, it's mm. what it's saying. I'm an Atlanta man. It's an agenda. It's a motherfucker yeah. Atlanta I'm man. A, I'm an Atlanta. I'm just like man. I, I just don't care. Man, my nigga, like, and I ain't impressed by it because you know in Atlanta we ain't seen plenty of nigga with money, man. Oh yeah, shit, plenty nigga money. with money. And the streets, the streets is the same street, and the game is the same game, and the jail is the same jail. It's yeah. about how you carried yourself and all of it. If you will, if you went that far in it, man, it's yeah. OG talk, man. Yeah, with that being said, man, good man, we can do this shit all day long. We're gonna let them breathe a little bit, but we definitely gonna have to come back. Do a part two, dog. And yeah, let's do a part two. Because I'm telling you, it's a lot of things that we still didn't touch on that I want to touch on. Like, like your new business with the Get yeah. Buddies. Yeah, you know man. You had this stuff in your- 30. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want to educate people on, on, on that part of the game, too. You know what I'm saying? Also- Oh, yeah. Let us just let's, let, let me come back and I'll bring all the products. Yes. I'll bring all the Definitely. products. Plus, I, I got, I mean, now we in like 40 different locations, five states. About to open how, up. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. Well, not to cut you off. I'm gonna tell you about how about we come to Columbus and we shoot one in the store. That sounds good. Yeah, let's go right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, let's, let's come down, let's come down and shoot one in the store. The the, the uh, Goody Mob show in a, in Columbus is August the seventh. We coming. We August the seventh. We there. August the seventh. We there. We, we, we in that motherfucker. We there. All right. Hey right, man. So that's what it said, man. Um, mm. Appreciate you coming out, dog. We Thank you. We're gonna get your roses out while you're right now. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And, um. It is what it is, man. This OG Talk the Podcast. This your boy yeah. Pile. Hey man, the OG Pie. And if it ain't real, it's, it's fake. fake. Boom. Yo, this big gip and I'm on OG talking. If it ain't real, it's fake. See you when I see you. Zog.